Despite his denials, a CNN review of the laptop data, as well as other public material, shows that Joe Biden did in Iraq with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president, though it's unclear exactly what was discussed. Be clear from this point on, are you not going to be taking questions about the classified documents? I have been very clear over and over again. We are going to be prudent here. Uh, we're going to be consistent. This particular matter is being uh, is being looked at. There's a legal process currently happening at the Department of Justice, and I'm going to refer you to the Department of Justice on any specifics to this particular case. That's what I asked Kamala. I'm asking for your trust and support in 2020 for Kamala and me. But as Kamala said, it's not Kamala. It's Kamala. But on questions that you should be able to answer here that shouldn't have to go to any other agency or entity, can you tell us if there's any sort of assessment that has been planned or launched to determine if national security has been jeopardized at all? Again, that's for the Department of Why Justice. Why is it a DOJ and, question? And, it's, and let's be clear, it's not your decision to make on what I can or can't answer from here. I just want to lay out the sort of circular way in which we are being referred to a black hole. Um, you know, questions that are posed to the White House press secretary are often referred to the Department of Justice, uh, where David Spunt will tell you that they are now referring those questions to the special counsel, who is not holding any briefings and not answering any questions. Or Corrine will refer us to um, the special counsel's office for the White House. We've been allowed to talk to an advisor for that office, not a lawyer. and. They they are uh, giving us that spin material, um, talking points effectively on what they would rather be talking about, things like the economy and House Republicans. We've been very clear when it comes to even underlying facts, when it comes to specifics, when it comes to something that is under the purview, that is that the Department of Justice is looking at, especially legal matters, investigations. We do not comment from here, Peter. That has been consistent. So We've been that very consistent. It is January 19th, 2023. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can find Rob all across the internet. Check the all my links. It has all of his socials. And without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Rob Smith. Hello, world. Hello, everyone in Rob is right land. Hello, Stu. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I am well as well. Dude, I wrote an article about this a week or two ago on Real Clear Markets, and one way you can rein in the federal government is because Congress and this debt debt limit thing, in that they don't have to approve all this money. They're in complete control. Sure, there's brinkmanship, but if you want want to win the battle, you you gotta partake. And brinkmanship is really something they're call, calling it because they don't want these cuts. We do. We want to limit the size of government. So we're in complete control. We can pass these um, debt, debt ceiling bills a month at a time. And you can and nothing gets out of, of Congress that way unless it has reduced spending. So. The Democrats are going nuts. And, you know, if history is any guide, the Republicans will pussy out. But this is the tool, and it should never be a long tool. That de debt ceiling ought not to be extended, but every month or so. So you, can, you always have control over spending. Well, Corrine Jean-Pierre is just going batshit crazy. Um, and this is what they do. They try to scare the hell out of you. Uh, it's absurd.
absurd. We're going to vote to raise gas prices and deprive Americans of relief at the pump, and they're threatening to kill millions of jobs and and 401k plans by trying to hold the debt limit hostage. Uh, Republicans want to cut spending as part of a debt limit deal. Is the president willing to cut any spending as part of a debt limit deal? And what would he be willing to cut? Look, as you've heard us uh, say before, uh, we will not be uh, be doing any negotiation over the debt ceiling. Oh, really? Well, constitutionally, who's in control of the purse? Dumb bitch. This is so typical, Stiff. Uh, anyway, this is the one tool our side has. And... Uh, they ought to play that card exactly as I say they should. All right, Stu, moving on, Congressman James Comer, he's head of the House Oversight Committee, and he has written to the National Archives, and here's what he said. I'm abbreviating, but all documents retrieved from President Biden's personal office at the Penn Biden Center, all internal documents and communications regarding the documents retrieved from President Biden's personal office at the Penn Biden Center, a list of all people who had access to President Biden's personal office at the Penn Biden Center, all documents, communications related to the handling of classified material by President Biden's personal lawyers, including but not limited to their security clearance status. All documents and communications between or among the White House and the Department of Justice or the National Archives and Records Administration regarding the documents retrieved from President Biden's personal office at the Penn Biden Center. The National Archives, which is political, it's been weaponized as well, has come back and says that the DOJ has advised it will need to consult with the newly appointed Office of Special Counsel in the DOJ to access whether information can be released without interfering with SCO's investigation. Hello. So why did stupid-ass crook uh, Merrick Garland appoint a special prosecutor? Hmm. Maybe so they could use this ruse, this subterfuge in, in which they could not have to comply or would have an excuse not to comply with the Republican Congress by saying it's interfering with a um, a criminal investigation of the special prosecutor. Therefore, for the next two years, we're not going to give you all shit because we know we're crooks. And this is a good way to hide information that proves our culpability in weaponizing all the departments of the federal government and protecting Joe Biden and his influence peddling and his tax fraud. That very well could be what's going on, Stu. Moving on, Stu, another interesting story, I think, is <laughs> this has to do with menstruation. Stu, I'm not a big fan of menstruation. God, I can't even say it. I'm not a big fan of menstruation. I don't like to think about it, okay? But, you know, we, we're here to report the news. Anyway, there's a lady in Minnesota. She's in their state house, and she's got a bill. And the bill states that the state should pay for menstrual products in boys' and girls' bathrooms. Um, during the hearing, this is a Democrat bill, um, Representative, Representative Sandra Faist said, not all students who menstruate are female. Finally, Stu, uh, well, not finally, got to two more quick stories. Ukraine troops have landed in America to be trained. 
So we've talked about the escalation of this war and how the United States is involved. And we don't really think we should be involved like this. Um, and it's dangerous. There's a little town in Alaska, I think it's called Wales, and uh, a boy and his mother were mauled to death by a polar bear. Well, part of the reason that the John Kerry's and the Barack Obama's of the world, um, well, part of the reason, uh, part of their strategy to to limit oil and gas drilling and to really restrict the liberty of individuals is to declare massive amounts of federal land off limits because um, they want to protect the polar bear. Well, data that is out there for anybody to see, instead of the oceans rising and polar bears drowning, over the last 30 years, there are five times the amount of polar bears than there were. It just shows you, Stu, man is a steward of the earth. So I am looking at a story that you covered on This Week and Woke. We have a little bit of a brief update. So the professor who was fired from Hamlin University for showing the historical artistic depiction of the prophet Muhammad that had been commissioned by like a 6th century Shia king, you know, she is finally publicly talking about the experience and she's doing so because her lawyers are suing the school as they should. And so now that she's being represented and they're suing Hamlin university has walked back its Islamic phobic comments concerning her. And I, I just want to read a little bit of their statement. So this is Hamlin university's statement and it is just dripping with Everything I hate about these kind of lefty intellectuals and their like emotional uh, language. So pseudo intellectuals. Pseudo intellectual. Okay, true. Midwit, if you will. There have been many communications, articles, and opinion pieces that have caused us to review and re examine our actions. Hamlin is a multicultural, multi religious community that has been a leader in creating space for civil conversations. Like all organizations, sometimes we misstep. In the interest of hearing from and supporting our Muslim students, language was used that does not reflect our sentiments on academic freedom. Based on all that we've learned, we have determined that our usage of the term Islamophobic was therefore flawed. We strongly support academic freedom for all members of the Hamlin community. We also believe that academic freedom and support for students can and should coexist. However, this duality is exemplified on our campuses, especially in the current multicultural environment in which we live is an exciting, robust, and honest conversation for academics, intellectual students, and the public to have. Just remember, the head of their religion department had an, an editorial where he defied what the school said and said there was nothing wrong with what Professor Prater had said and that there's a long history of different thoughts concerning. And they took it down. And they took it down. So the same people who were talking about, you know, academic diversity are the ones who just shut him down like a bunch of Nazis. And having a conversation. And that's what they're talking about. You know, we can have a conversation here at Hamlin University. And this and they bring up conversation in this next paragraph. 
And well, may I just say that the first paragraph you read was a bunch of mumbo jumbo nonsense that doesn't lead you anywhere. It's just feel goodism that doesn't mean anything. Continue, Stu. In order to facilitate this debate, Hamlin University over the coming months will host two major conversations. One will focus on academic freedom and student care. The other will focus on academic freedom and religion. You know, another time out. What the F is student care? You're going. Student care means not having your feelings hurt. And if you are that little girl who was screaming and crying because she didn't see the prophet Muhammad, but the fact that they showed it to people who wanted to see it. Ooh, that's bad. Uh, that's student care. We have to hug her and probably have to give her a grant or something like that. She has to have a puppy dog and some cupcakes, and then we'll pay for her graduate school because we made her feel bad. And the last paragraph is, we have learned much from many scholars, religious leaders, and thinkers from around the world on the complexity of displaying images of the Prophet Muhammad. We have come to more fully understand the differing opinions that exist on this matter within the Muslim community, and we welcome the opportunity, along with our students in the broader community, to listen and learn more. We, like our higher education partners, want to do more to show that academic freedom and student support are both integral to the very fabric of who we are. So just oozing with this emotional language without like say like apologizing to Professor Prater. There's no part of that that says we messed up. They said we had we had a misstep. You know, you can recover from a misstep, but they've ruined this woman's academic career. All that oozing, it infers that there is a right way to do things or a right way to think. You know, if it was me, the thousand words they put together there, I would have done it in about 10. People have the right to fucking be offended and argue over everything. So shut the fuck up. Was that 10 words? That's all they need to say. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to play a quick clip of her just discussing how it went down with that student and how she feels about showing the depictions of Muhammad. She had um, some pretty strong feelings uh, that she expressed to me. Um, but one of them that perhaps gets to the heart of the matter was that she thought that the warnings that I had provided to the class uh, didn't even matter uh, because uh, she believed that images of the Prophet Muhammad should never be shown full stop, uh, even if those are pedagogically relevant images that are primary source documents um, from, from history. Institutions of higher learning, we, in, in these places, we, we owe it to our students to challenge them um, in ways that are sometimes uncomfortable. Uh, I know that as an undergraduate student, I took religion and philosophy classes that were very uncomfortable to me uh, and that really challenged my um, preconceptions about, about uh, religion. The last thing I have for you today, and I heard through the grapevine that you haven't seen this yet, it was Joe Biden kneeling with the Golden State Warriors. So Citizen Free Press says Joe Biden takes BLM knee in front of the entire Golden State Warriors team 
Kamala Harris cackling, refused to join Joe, says, I'm not doing that. Everything's identity politics. If if you put me in a room, you know, he did this because they're almost all black, right? So well, and the and the and the NBA did start to do this after Kaepernick. And you know, remember the NBA actually had jerseys with victims of what yeah. they said were various uh police brutality crimes on their jerseys. And and just like look at Steve Kerr's hand. <laughs> You know, he shakes it. He's like, don't do that. You know? Yeah. I didn't say that the first time. Um, Yeah. I mean, if taking a knee is a serious statement, why are they laughing? Why does Kamala not do it? Why is this treated like some like odd oddity? And it looks like Kamala even says, I'm not doing that again. Well, it's just blatant pandering one. It um, shows you that everything with these woke people is all identity politics. If I was in front of the Golden State Warriors, I wouldn't think of them as black people. I would think of them as great athletes. And I would probably want to talk about the time that I scored 25 points in the sixth grade basketball team, um, Stu. I would want to talk about my crossover dribble I I would want to show him how I I can shoot the three. First thing he does is he kneels in front of him. One, the president of the United States ought to only kneel before God. You're the most powerful man in the world. And when you sit around and you kneel to folks, it shows weakness. I don't like that. Um, I also don't like the president wearing a mask. Uh, I think that shows weakness, but, um, This is just unsettling. I mean, just the first thing he thinks about is just to kneel. Um, I I don't even know what to say, Stu. The whole whole thing, I just have so many questions. You know, he exits the kneel and then does this weird little like football shuffle and makes like a weird face. The whole thing screams to me. It looked like he was about to do the Heisman move, but maybe he doesn't understand that that's a football move. But anyway... Yeah, true. Did he have the Golden State Warriors confused with some football team? I mean, I, I the whole thing just... But the identity politics things, it just stirs the pot, stirs the pot, stirs the pot. And I think that's why Steve Kerr was going, no, 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 no. We don't need any more dissension. This is a happy time. Can we just get on and be normal people again? And, and Stu, I hardly think that these guys making $18 million a year are you know are oppressed in any way the whole thing is just so weird and i you watch something like that and you feel like america's a freak show 
that's really how I feel. We have well, a it's kind of like pres- when you told that DJ, um, if you vote for Donald Trump, you ain't black, Jack. Oh, yeah. Again, the Char- uh, Charlemagne. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> that's how he, he views black people, not as individuals, but this blob out there that he has to pander to instead of people. Yeah, it's, it's not what he can do to enrich the lives of various Americans. It's what points he can pander to. And it's it's demagog it's demagoguery where you're and just it, doing what you need to do to secure voting blocks, not delivering. Uh, we had the riots of 2020 that split the country, uh, caused lots of property damage and death. It's hurt black people the most because now the cops are afraid to do do anything. Crime is up like 40 percent. I mean, just I mean, that's all they know, Stu. That's their whole playbook is um, it's right out of, you know, Saul Alinsky is to agitate, agitate, agitate. And when you agitate, you can take more liberties away.